1: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is... When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system.
2: Call the expert you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
3: Good evening and welcome in your Coors Light Louisville basketball post game show and these late night shows. I think this is the first time we've actually still started um, on the same day. So good Tuesday evening to you, and thanks for staying up with us as we talk about this contest as Louisville falls to Boston College, 89-77. Cards fall to eight and 17 overall, three and 11 in ACC play. Tail of two halves. Louisville came out, was the aggressor, Uh, It was a nip-and-tuck game there for the first half of the first half. And then, um, you know, Louisville played. They kind of had that same tough mentality. They had good ball movement. They had better shot selection. They went inside. They got their pay touches with BHH. And then the script flipped. On the cards in the second half, and BC became the aggressor and took the the physicality to Louisville, and the cards didn't really respond. Uh, there was a stretch there in the second half. BC went on a twenty-three to three run and put the game away. You know, the, and this was a game where Louisville was leading by eight points going into the second half. They had a very kind of comfortable margin. They were playing relaxed. They had. Uh, their offense was free-flowing. They were able to get out in transition quite a bit. Tyler Johnson was leading the break. Uh, he had another really good game. And so, But the flip side, just like there was a tale of two halves, um, Tyler Johnson, for all of the good things that he did, um, also showed at times his immaturity picking up that flagrant foul um, you know also kind of you know a little chippiness but overall outside of the flagrant foul I kind of liked Louisville playing with an edge uh, you know both teams exchanged some words throughout the game and you know who would have guessed it Louisville and Boston College having you know a fierce game a little, a, a little rivalry brewing perhaps and remember the Eagles travel down to Louisville in March, uh, so there will be a rematch of those teams. Uh, but, you know, I definitely noticed that chippiness throughout the game, and I kind of like that a little bit. But also, too, but then Ty- Tyler Johnson, uh, you know, also showed you that he is a star in the making. But he is not going to be our Juan Gomez insurance player of the game. That's going to go to Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who just missed another triple-double. Brandon finished with 21 points and nine rebounds, four of them on the offensive side of things. BHH, once again, said it last week, said it again, he is playing his his way, uh, in my opinion, to becoming a second-round NBA draft pick. Uh, Again, he has the parts. He looks the part from the physicality standpoint, but he's also putting that into action because he's been balling out over the last several weeks. And then, too, and then we can talk about this a little bit later on in the the show. You know, there was some clamoring. Uh, There was, you know, it seemed to be, at least from from a portion of the fan base, that KP needs to get a year three. You know, Louisville winning uh, against Georgia Tech – And Florida State playing better offensively, um, you know, gave enough momentum, at least to a small portion of the fan base, um, to really kind of discuss KP getting a year three. But I think, too, if you look at the broad picture of where the program is, that, you know, simply winning a couple games against teams that aren't very good uh, doesn't, doesn't mean that the coach should get another year because the team is... Still played so poorly. We can get into that a little bit later on, Um, but we wanted to hit you up with your Juan Gomez insurance player of the game, your BJ heating and cooling defensive player of the game, called the experts you can trust at BJheatCool.com. Was you guessed it, Tyler Johnson. He did have five turnovers, but he also had four steals. He did have three fouls, one flagrant, but you know what? He is becoming comfortable running the show. He had seven assists and was in command of the offense, especially on the fast break. I mean, he's looking for teammates. He had several nice passes. Uh, and you could tell that he's really coming into his own. It's unfortunate the sky is out with with his broken rib. However, that gives Tyler the green light to play 30-plus minutes a game. But he's going to have to keep his emotions in check. He can't pick up chill, silly cheap fouls like he did tonight that, you know, forced him to sit out some now he did have that nasty smack across the face uh that that sidelined him for a few minutes as well but overall I mean uh, you gotta like you gotta like his play you gotta like BAH's play as well again you're seeing those guys those two more often than not playing consistently You also had a great game from from Trey White. Also posted 21 points to go along with seven rebounds. He's playing well. Mike James, a solid outing, 14 points. Three assists and four rebounds there. Caleb Glenn, uh, you know, followed up his sensational game against Georgia Tech. Quiet, quiet today, but still, he is that guy that can bring you um, those hustle plays night in, night out. He had six six points, three rebounds there. And Curtis Williams provided the only scoring for Louisville off the bench tonight with a three-pointer. Um, and so, if you want to look at stats, you want to look at numbers. Uh, Louisville was outscored bench play as well tonight and that's something uh, that wasn't didn't make or break this game but it was once again the poorest defense and we can get into that as well a little bit later on but let's open up the phone lines Eighty-one fifty 9 is the number harold you're leading things off on the course right louisville basketball post-game show what's going on boss
4: ethan what's up I mean, you got it. You know, I know what's up. I know what's up, right? Right. I I got it tonight, and it's Boston College. It's it's three L's in a row to them. Um, You know, and I—I've been going back and forth. You know, I've been the fact that you know, coach should have been gone after last season. He wasn't. Has given him time to. For a person like me to come around and see how a, a year three could happen, but I got a question for you. Outside of that, is how long is this contract for? Six years. Okay, so then, I, so this is my this is my logic, right? All right, it, everybody was just like outside of Louisville, outside the Louisville fan base was just like you can't fire them after year one, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And you know, a lot of folks will be like, you know what, you shouldn't fire coaches after year two, but I get it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, as we think about our next head coach, if as a university we we keep Coach Payne for, for that third year, I believe folks will think, you know what, they had every right to move on from him after year two, and they didn't, so they're going to take care of me. So I I could see it from the standpoint of the the next coach, maybe a high caliber or something along those lines. I could see it from the standpoint of, hey, you know what? That team last year, those truly weren't my guys. And they truly didn't respond to me. And look at what I can do with my guys. I can can see a little bit how, how injuries have played into it. And I still have issues with the roster construction. I still have issues with the defense. You know, but I can see how coach make an argument to the administration. I don't know about the fans, right? I'm not talking about the fans. So hear me when I say Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about the fans because you know the argument for the fans it's gone out the window when Mm -hmm. you know we're we're losing three straight to Boston College. So. But when we think about the administration, I could see a world in which he's like, you know, look at what we did with Georgia Tech. And if we weren't, you know, beset by injuries, I think we could have put a little run together. Look at this team. They're playing hard for me. So, you know, I know that I would like it, but I could understand it a little bit. And, oh, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we can see the improvement when he has his guys. Yeah. Not on the defensive end, though. Not on the defensive end. And the fact that Boston College still put up, um, like, uh, 50, I think, was it 50 they put up in the second half?
3: 50, yeah. Outscored the the cards 50 to to 30 and shot 57% from the field and 48% from three.
4: And I think Jody was saying that, you know, last time we played, they outscored us 50 to, like, 30-something in the second half. So, you know, that defense, I think that's going to be – again, not for the fans, but for the administration, (laughs) his main hurdle. yeah. Clearly, there's not much that that can be done for the fans other than him winning and and showing. And I will say that I see an avenue, but that defense has got to get better. Like, the the rebounding has been somewhat solid. You know, us not hitting free throws tonight, it's tough. I think he has a lot of built-in excuses that – an administration could get behind. I think that he's shown some progress that an administration can get behind. And the administration has to make the calculus of can they rally the fan base? You know, but this is what happens when you only win four games. Yeah. You know, because if last season, I mean, obviously it would have been, it could have been bad regardless, but when you see four wins, it just – it makes a lot of arguments move. It's
3: or, exactly, Harold. If we saw this, if we saw this year, last year, then I think there would have been momentum. Um, you know, four, you know, after after a year one, if that makes sense, if we saw if we were again, nobody last year would have been happy at eight and seventeen and three and eleven in the ACC. But in year one, if you saw the glimpses like you saw against Florida State and Georgia Tech, then yeah, then you would have some sort of an argument. But given the fact, I mean, like you said, that four and twenty eight. Dug you such a deep hole. And then still, I think, you know, when people are even kind of bringing up a year or three, I still think it's important to take a step back and say, you're 8-17. and 17. That is still awful. We are still on track for the second or third worst season in the last 50 years. and I think that kind of gets lost because we haven't had that w- – we haven't had a lot of wins to celebrate over the last couple of years.
4: I hear that. And it does – get lost a little bit. But I think it gets lost for the right reasons, just trying to see... Because, you know, you're really... I understand that we don't care about progress, right? We care about our stature. Mm -hmm. And, again, you're looking for some sort of progress. And there has been some sort of progress. I, I believe... I firmly, I honestly believe that at least with the way this roster has played for him and with their ability to score, if they can figure out the defense, you can win playing this way. I just don't know that he can figure out the defense at this point. Yeah, You know, I think last year we, we did see a lot of effort stuff and whatnot. And so I, I'm not going to completely discount that. And when I contrast last season, with at least the play that I've seen from this eight-man rotation, right, mm-hmm. with one walk-on, you know, like, I I see something that intrigues me. I understand, like, it intrigues me. And that's what happens when you keep a guy around that you shouldn't keep around because all of a sudden people like me was like, you got to go, start to see a little something. But I don't know that he can necessarily get over the hump. So I need to see that defensive intensity. And again, can you really do that when you have such a thin roster? Right? Like yeah. that's a built in excuse. Whether we like it, whether I like it or not. How about that? I'll speak for myself. Whether I like it or not, that's a that's a built in excuse for him. So I hope I hope that we can continue to see improvement. I hope that we can see some defensive improvement because also I think it gives us an opportunity to continue to get our whole program right. Mm -hmm. Whether, you know, outside of just sort of the on the court stuff, I would hope that it would allow us to get our finances right. Let me be more specific and put us more in an advantageous position where if, well, once we move on, right, um, that that we have that we have all of our all of our little ducks in a row and can take the types of swings that we want to take without yes. any fear whatsoever whatsoever. So I understand why a year three is unappealing. I, I understand why a year three isn't necessarily deserved, but I also see how a year three can be advantageous to the university, uh, even if it's not pleasant for us as fans. But hopefully, right that calculus would change, but I can't just hope. I can't just yeah. hope. I've seen some stuff. I need to see some more. And I, I hope that um I wish we didn't have injuries in a way. Because I kinda feel I kinda feel like a little bit of that. I mean, obviously we have to begin another season. And you know, we, we can't we can't see <laughs> We can't go out and still lose to D two teams, right? We can't mm-hmm. go out and still lose to bottom of the barrel. We can't lose to DePaul. Right? No, like you can't lose Arkansas State.
3: Do, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. Like that stuff still can't happen and it digs your hole even deeper. So, you know, whereas I'm except for what I see right now, like, man, we're 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 beyond we're beyond a non- flip pool deep right? Like we're super deep, and so all of this stuff is literally getting me to almost a water level, if even, right? So I, I wish he um I wish year zero, he would have done a better job so that in year one we could we could really get behind this and rally' because I think there's a little there there, but um you know, it may be a little it's it's a little.
3: Too little, too, too late. Little too I late. mean, to be honest, with you. yeah. Harold, hey, man, I always yeah. appreciate your takes, man, and your and your perspective.
4: Hey, you take care. Go cards. Yes, sir.
3: Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number you're listening to. The Louisville Basketball Corps Light postgame Show. Steve is up next on the program. Hey, Steve.
2: Hey, man. Thanks for the uh, the late night therapy here. Let me go yes, to the opposite of, Her- of, of Harold. The, everything Harold just said is ridiculous. And with all due respect, I mean, he's a great caller and I like listening to it too, but this is, he, Kenny's a horrible coach, horrible head coach. The one thing that I'll give him respect for, that I'll give him credit for, is these dudes do love him. His guys are loyal to him. They haven't spit the bit. So, all of that. But that's not. that's not what, that's not anything this is going to sound petulant it's going to sound petty you've lost three in a row I thought it was four in a row when Harold said three I looked it up it's, it's only three you've lost three in a row to a poverty program that wears new balance that played in front of seven frat guys <laughs>
3: That you're disgraceful. Not, Steve, you're not exaggerating their student section. Yeah, it was terrible. No, no, but what, it's, it's
2: disgraceful, yeah. and you've lost three to them. You've lost three of them. They, they ended your season last year. Injuries, everything aside, that's a school. That If you're setting a bar, you look, they're a conference mate, great. You're a peer, great. Our presidents can shake hands at, at egghead meetings. I'm talking about grunt fans, angry athletic supporters here. That should never, ever happen. They should never have a better coach than us. They should not even have one better player than us. That it's, That is a participation program. They steal yeah. their $25 million check in the conference every year. To even walk in that building with Louisville across the front of your chest and have to play there it should be enough to anger the staff. <laughs> to push us through the finish line. Oh, well, that you even have yeah. to participate with them. And like I said, it sounds petty and sounds... Fit, and we've lost three in a row to them. Probably going to lose four to them and probably get put... And they'll probably end our season again. It'll probably be five. They should never, ever have a better coach than us. They do. He made adjustments at halftime. He's made adjustments. He's made three games in a row where he made adjustments. And smacked us. Their their players are treating us like punks, just joking on us and and ragging on us and out toughing us and out. And that should never happen. They're wearing uh, TJ Max apparel and 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 whipping us. This is another double digit loss these last 10, 12 days have been fantasy land for everybody. And look, man, I'm not one of these grumpy gusses, Man, I, you go to the game, you have fun. I'm glad I was entertained. I'm, I'm glad that the, the guys are out there trying. I'm glad all of that stuff is positive, positive, positive. But it never should be where this is going to continue. Yeah. It's not yeah. normal. It's not normal. This is not a program. They, Boston College will never, ever, ever. I hopefully I've roamed this earth for fifty more years. They will never play in the NCAA tournament in my lifetime.
3: Yeah, and they've got I three mean, I, in a row on us. Yeah, I mean, it,
2: it's like going. It's like going back to the end of Denny's days, getting whooped by Charlotte. Or you know, it just
3: should. You had that guy from from UNC Charlotte that would blow the kisses to to his fiance after hitting all those threes. Embarrassing.
2: And and I, you know, it's one of those things. Like, yeah, but and the guys leave the the floor with a frown on their face. What are you going to do about it? Guard somebody next game. There's 50 coaches on the bench. I complain about this every time I call. What the hell do you do? Not one of you. Kenny can't put one of you in charge of watching some tape defensively. Go find an innovative high school coach. And copy what they do.
3: Steve, not, I just what? don't think the staff knows how to <laughs> to, to truly teach defense and and it's like the the one thing is you can say on one hand and say and say the exact opposite on the other. Offense has gotten has been much improved. I think the shot, the shot shot selection is much better. They're making their shots at a higher rate. The ball movement is crisp. But on the opposite side, the defense is still terrible. Again, Boston College 89 points, 57% from the field, 48% from 3. I mean, that's – and that's the situation. And, yeah, you, you win against Florida State. They're not going to the tournament. You beat Georgia Tech. They're 10-14. and 14. I mean, we've Steve, we've become so numb to losing that every time we win against an opponent that you should beat – People are like, well, uh, well, uh, maybe, maybe we can. Oh, no, this we, is working. This is working. We we could keep yeah. him. We can't. no, stop. But it. I like Harold's point stop too. It. At the same time, you should have gotten rid of him earlier, and then just you yeah. know. And I think Steve. I think I told you this a couple weeks ago. We're going to win some more games. I'm going to be talking to you next Wednesday night. We're going to beat Notre Dame at home. And then we're going to lose to Duke on the road. We're going to lose to Pitt on the road on Saturday. And then there's a very good chance that this team could win one or two of the final three home games. But that still doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. KP had had a golden opportunity to to really put a stamp on this program at the beginning of year two or year one for him. With a three three hundred and thirteenth ranked strength of schedule via Ken Palm, and you went five and seven. A- at the end of the day, it was a wrap after his uh, his out of conference season finished with a losing record. You you can't do that when you have to win this following year after having the worst season in over eighty years.
2: And the injuries now. Now tonight, Sky hurt.
3: Like Scott would have been been
2: been a, a, a big help on the floor, but here's the other thing: the injuries have been a blessing to him as far as helping him. Absolutely. You know, and I hate it. I hate it for the kids, so I don't want anybody to misconstrue it. You know, I hate it that Dennis Evans' career might be over. I hate it that, you know, these things have happened to some of these kids, J.J. Trainer and stuff like that. I hate that. But as far as that's when we started to see the improvement because natural selection did his job for him, what he can't do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if is available, yeah. he's playing tonight and yeah. gives nothing, which that goes back to the whole thing of if you gave a year through, well, he just needs to go out and get three veterans from the portal. Who trusts him to go do that?
3: Yeah. Who trusts and then, him and then you can't get... count on players returning from this roster in this day and age in college basketball. You can't count. You can't tell. You can't say definitively that Tyler Johnson will be back next year oh, with the with the transfer no way, portal out there.
2: There's no way that every Big East school has not made contact with somebody in Tyler's circle and oh, yeah. and busted the checkbook. There's no way. They're not doing their jobs if they haven't. Yes. However that back channel stuff works, there's no way that they haven't already, that there's not already offers on the table. And it doesn't mean that he takes them, but I'm just saying that there's no way that as soon as he started to catch fire, he's too talented, man, and there's he's too, too raw. There's too much there to work with that... Yeah. You know, that, that every big e-school, just to get, get him back up there, has not made contact. It is just impossible. Yeah, and there's no way to say, even if you kept Kenny, that he keeps all these fe- all these kids. And even if he did, like I said, he's built loyalty. I really do think they enjoy playing for him. I think they believe in him. But then I don't trust him to go get. that. You know, who says he doesn't go, come oh, I'm I'm the smartest guy on planet Earth. I see something in this guy. And he pulls some guy we've never heard of before. Yeah. And he shows up and he's Danilo.
3: And, and that's another, or, thing, or another thing Davis or yeah, that's no. another thing Steve when, when people talk about the injuries and then not you know not having a complete roster well you should have never ha- you signed Karan Davis and Yovanovich first of all like you, you, th- those were those two are your two vets. Why scholarships. Didn't you
2: get two vets this year
3: Why didn't you two veteran teams, shooters you know? Absolutely. Yes, and so that's part of the roster construction and the lack of urgency that we haven't talked about enough coming into this season. You know, we talked about, listen, after winning just four games, you needed to have um, several Scott Clarks and Trey Whites. You know, you, you, now he did. You give him credit for landing Tyler Johnson and Curtis Williams. Like those are really good ball players. Those are really good freshmen. Caleb Glenn, uh, the hometown. Oh, yeah, kid. yeah, yeah, no, but it, the, the hits are there too.
2: There's mm-hmm. tons of misses, but the, the hits yeah. are there too. But but we can't yeah. live in a 50. He can't shoot 50%. No. Like we can't we can't live in that. You know, and that's that's why it's got it's got to change. There's got to be an end to it. You know, what are we five, six
3: games left? So Yeah, but I believe uh, there's I believe there is seven. I think there is I wanna say or maybe six. I wanna say that yeah, there's six regular two, season
2: and then a tournament. Two
3: more road games and four more home games. Yes. And then yeah. the A C C tournament.
2: So, anyways, man, appreciate it. Late night, so keep it up, man. Appreciate it.
3: I appreciate it, Steve. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine is the number you're listening to. The Coors Light Louisville basketball post game show. Thanks for staying up late with us. Uh, a snippet from the Kenny Payne press conference presented by U Health, making the possible possible, making the impossible possible. That is the power of you. He said something um, kind of. Same thing that I was saying at the beginning of the show was it was a tale of two halves. They were the aggressor. They brought the fight to BC in the first half. The Eagles flipped the script in the second. They were the ones that brought the fight um, to the Cards, and Louisville didn't didn't have enough uh, answers for Boston College. And I think too, you know, this is Boston College is much better than than Georgia Tech. I think Boston College is better than Florida State. Now, maybe not um, if you if you do the eye test, uh, as KP uh, likes to say, but I think this is a team that will get after you defensively. The defense, um, that's something that Syracuse and Florida State didn't want to do. Uh, and also, too, I think you saw from B.C., the type of ball movement and execution offensively and defensively that you wanted to see from Louisville in the early portion of this season. The crisp passing, you know, unselfish play, getting after it defensively. And you know, when you allow mediocre teams like a BC, like the Florida State, like a Syracuse to shoot over fifty percent from the field sometimes 60 well over 40 percent from three time in and time out then you're that's why you're eight and 17 and three and 11. and I'll, i'll go back to the point that i made earlier we've been so numbed by all the losing and i'm and i'm putting that i'm putting some of that losing on that year that matt quit with Coach Pegis. The cards went thirteen and nineteen. Remember how furious we were for that? Did we were we were coming unglued like we should have when you're an elite top six or seven program like Louisville, we were coming unglued about how bad things were finishing up that year thirteen and nineteen. You follow that up with four and twenty-eight, and now here you're still an awful eight and seventeen. Well, with this year, you, you have at least three conference wins today. Last year you only had two, but that's five total. And when people start talking about, you know, three years or the potential, and I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying that because Harold brought that up. This was this was a talking point as well, and Harold's right. You know, you had that avenue. You had that window to make a move, and you didn't. And then you start to see some things. And and I think in this day and age, the main problem that we have, whether you're talking about sports or whatever, it's either this is right or this is right. There's no in-between. And I've always pushed back on that. There is no doubt that this team has improved offensively. There is no doubt that this team is playing much better and is a better team than they were in November. Would this team lose to DePaul today? No. Would they lose to Arkansas State today? No. Chattanooga, etc. But you know what? You still lost to them. And when, when year three is even remotely discussed, remotely discussed, then I go back to overall... It's 12 and 45. 5 and 29 in the ACC. And 1 and I think 24 now on road neutral site games. One more time. 12 and 45 overall. 5 and 29 in ACC play. 1 and 24 or maybe 1 and 25 in road neutral site games. Ladies and gentlemen, that is fireable. The record is what you are. And you can say that there needs to be a coaching change and still acknowledge that this team is improved and playing better. Both can be true. So if you're having a debate, whether it's on social media, or you're talking with buddies, or you know, or you're just you're you're agreeing with a bunch of people, like you have to be able to acknowledge both sides of things. You have to, and then but then again, you you can still say both, and I think that's going forward. Because again, like I told Steve, Louisville's going to win some more games. They are. Notre Dame is bad, and Louisville has been playing at a much better rate. They should be able to take, take care of Notre Dame at home. I think Louisville loses to Pitt on Saturday. I think Louisville loses at Duke the following week. And I think Louisville wins one or two of those final three games in the Yum Center. But you know what? It doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. You're talking about I saw some people throwing this if Louisville wins thirteen or fourteen games, then he's back. Like guys, what are we doing? What are we saying? Thirteen and fourteen games for to win is good enough to retain a coach after winning four his first year? And I'm not and I'm not saying that to be mean or vindictive to anybody else, People, Everybody has a right to their opinion, and we, we have these debates on the postgame shows, we have this, these debates on LSL, and I know all the programming uh, at ESPN Louisville does as well. But I think you, you have to acknowledge both sides of this issue, and I think that bolsters the argument that you still need to make a coaching change. It's okay to acknowledge that the team is playing better, especially offensively, and it's okay to acknowledge that the Kenny Payne era has been an absolute failure. The numbers back that up. The PR gaffes back that up. The roster construction backs it up. And you know we're just we just want to get through this last stretch. And I also feel like if. If there was, you know, and and I'm not saying this would happen or it should have happened, but I feel like if there was a scenario where it was known that this was going to be KP's last season, you know, it just didn't work out. We've come to a a mutual agreement. We're going to part ways. I think even more of the fan base could rally around this team. I, I was fortunate enough to attend the Florida State game and the Georgia Tech game and you know what I was on my feet cheering and you know I thought we were dead to rights when we were down by 9 at Georgia Tech but the team came back the atmosphere was fun but I also left the Yum Center feeling, yeah, man, this that was great. That Louisville won. I love seeing the local kid Caleb Glenn have a monster game and single-handedly spark that run in the second half. But I also acknowledge that, you know, this was a this was a fun time to spend time with friends and to watch our favorite team win. But also say, yeah, you know, the KP Pierre needs to end because you're talking about the third ACC win and. I don't fault anybody for saying they want a year three of KP because I think, like I said earlier, all of the losing has numbed us to an extent to where, like, that's what we heard after we beat Miami. And that's KP's only really impressive win in his tenure here. If you, If you think about that, and there's only been 12 wins to select from. Miami is on the outside looking in when it comes to the NCAA tournament. But like we talked about earlier, Florida State, well, if they finish with a winning record, they're going to go to the NIT. Uh, You know, Georgia Tech, they're not any good. Now, they do have two very impressive wins over UNC and Duke at home and Clemson. You've got to acknowledge that. You can acknowledge that and say that Georgia Tech is not a very good team. However, you could also say that what Georgia Tech is doing in year one under Stoudemire, something similar should have been done by Payne in year one here. Period. If this team was eight and seventeen in year one, and you sh- you saw some games. Like the Miami, Florida State, and Georgia Tech, nobody would be happy. Nobody would be celebrating the fact that you're 8 and 17 and 3 and 11 in the ACC, but at least you have something to go on. But instead, you got worse. You hire a coach to make the program better. Under KP, it's been worse. And it's not debatable you can say that and, and still acknowledge that the team has gotten better especially on the offensive end I'm done now with my with my rant but that that was a point that I really wanted to hammer home because I've seen that on social media I've seen it numerous times when people are discussing it and it was just like you can't you know people feel like you can't acknowledge even if you disagree, people can't acknowledge the the other side of that. And I think when you do, it just bolsters bolsters the argument that much more that there needs to be a change. There's going to be some talented coaches out there, and I know if you follow if you follow any possibilities, you know who is out there. And if you have a chance to upgrade on 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 your next coach, you gotta you gotta seize that opportunity. And I think. Um, you know, when, when there's the faction of fans that want KP to have another year, all you have to do is point to the attendance or lack thereof. Again, I was able to go to the last two home games, the last two wins, and it was a very spirited Yum Center. It was festive. It was loud. But you know what? It pales in comparison to what it's like traditionally, and I think we lose sight of that with all the losing. That yeah, it was great, but you know what? There's still seven or eight thousand people there, and on a bad night, you're getting eighteen thousand. But we've been through it, man. We've been through it as a fan base, and I and I understand why people are kind of lulled into that because Louisville basketball hasn't upheld its standard. And that's why you know people are passionate about it, and that's why you know people are people want a coaching change, and they should when you're 12 and 45 and 5 and 29 in the ACC over the last year and a half. And I would argue that that's not debatable that there needs to be a change because it's been that bad. Even while acknowledging that Louisville's played better. Let's run down your updated ACC standings that is presented by Kelly Jobs, the solution experts. Hit them up at kellyjobs.com. UNC, who uh, lost their most recent game today, I believe, to Syracuse, fell to 11-3 and overall in league play. Their arch-rival Duke is 10-3. and Virginia took an L tonight to Pitt at home, ending their nation's longest uh, active home court winning streak at 21. The Hoos are now 10-4. Wake Forest is 8-5. and Pitt... Louisville's next opponent, NC State, Florida State are all seven and six in league play. The Orange, fresh off their upset win tonight, improved to seven and seven. Clemson is six and six. Miami and Virginia Tech sit at six and seven. BC improves to five and eight. Georgia Tech and Notre Dame are three and ten, and Louisville. Is now with an extra game is now in dead last in the ACC at 3 and 11. Again, Louisville's next opponent, Pittsburgh, will come into the game on Saturday with a record of 16 and 8 and 7 and 6 overall. Currently in the net, Pitt is 60. Currently in the net, Louisville is 176. And again, if you're looking at those type of barometers, Like, being ranked 176 is not acceptable, and it's not anywhere near level standards. And that's just evidence that would bolster the argument of why you need a coaching change. That you don't have to have, you know, a bias one way or the other. If you're just looking at the numbers, if you're looking at the stats, then that tells you why a coaching change needs to be made. It's just it's simply it's not good enough, and it's not close to being good enough. And while still also saying, and I've said this too, Lowe's going to win some more games. And as frustrating as November and December was, this team's playing better. They're going to win some games. My argument is it just doesn't matter at this point because – You're not going to have a winning record. You're not going to make it to the NCAA tournament, and that is the standard. Remember, that is the baseline expectation for this season, was to make the field of 68. Remember, historically, Louisville missing the tournament, I mean, it's unacceptable, We were the last team in that COVID year to be left out of the tournament, and fans were furious, and they had every right to be. Then we were even more mad at 13 and 19, even more mad at 4 and 28, and it's still festering now at 8 and 17. Remember how fired up we were when we were lost in the first round of the tournament? Like,. I don't know about you guys, but I would love to be in that situation right now and just to be mad about losing in the NCAA tournament because it's been so long. But those days, will be back. We will be back. Let's move on now to your UPS Jobs top 25 scoreboard. They is brought. It is brought to you by UPS Jobs. Select, shift your future at upsjobs.com. Apply today at upsjobs.com. Shift your future at upsjobs. Jobs. I apologize there. I um, pretty much broke my right hand. So doing radio, generally, you feel like, you know, you could still do some stuff without these awkward pauses. But I'm kind of positioning myself. Uh, so I apologize for the delay there. And, man, you take for granted... <laughs> Both of your hands are working. Man, you take that for granted. So here are your top 25 scores today. Number four, Marquette beats Butler in Indianapolis, 78-72. to Number 16, Dayton improves to four as they beat Duquesne, 75-59. Number 23, Indiana State, the Sycamores. Oh, man, they get in the rankings for the first time since Larry Bird, and then they lose... To Illinois State, the Redbirds are just 12 and 14. Number 10, Iowa State. The Cyclones improved to 19 and 5 as they beat Cincinnati. The Bearcats fall to 15 and 9 on the season. The Cyclones are victorious, 68 to 59 there. Number 14, Illinois busts. Michigan 97 to 68 the wolverines like louisville fall to 8 and 17 as i mentioned earlier pittsburgh knocks off number 21 virginia 73 74 excuse me 263 and blake henson once again goes off man he is so good Hand in his face, he's still he's still knocking down threes. He's playing at a high level. He had 27 points for the Pitt Panthers. Number seven, North Carolina is upset by Syracuse in the JMA Wireless Dome. How about that, ladies and gentlemen? Um, it's we still we still um, acknowledge that it's a Carrier Dome, but JMA Wireless. I mean, I guess they're doing a good job because I looked it up because I had no idea who they were. The Orange. Squeeze the Tar Heels 86 to 79. Number 17 Creighton improves to eight and seven, eighteen and seven, um, as they defeat Georgetown 94 to 72. The Hoyas, man, they. <laughs> They're, they're certainly in the throes of it as well. The Hoyas fall to 8-16, and 16, and I think that is also a fear that you don't want to get too, to have too many bad seasons like Georgetown, like Indiana has in the past, and have this program fall to, you know, any level like those two teams currently are. Um, team up the road number 22. They beat Ole Miss and Chris Beard 75 to 63. The team up the road improves to 17 and 7. Ole Miss falls to 18 and 6. Number 20, Wisconsin, the Badgers. Beat the Buckeyes of Ohio State 62 to 54 there. Uh top 25 matchup. Number 12 Baylor beats number 25 Oklahoma. The Bears improve to 18 and 6. They are winners 79 to 62. Number 19, BYU beats UCF 90 to 88 and Provo. And that is your UPS Jobs Top 25 scoreboard. Shift your future at UPS Jobs. Apply today at UPSjobs.com. Your landing paints points in the paint is Brandon Hunley Hatfield. He is responsible for 21 points and 9 rebounds. Um, uh, Manny Accorophore played a couple couple of minutes. Did not register a statistic there. So a look ahead, before we wrap up the program tonight, look ahead to Louisville's next opponent. Again, that is uh, the Pitt Panthers. Of course, Louisville and Pitt played earlier this season, and they were victorious 83-70 80 to, 83 to 70 in the Yum Center. They have had, I mean, quite honestly, they've had their way with Louisville, kind of like a lot of the ACCT ACC teams have had recently, and again, this is going to be one of those tougher games. I talked about how Louisville is going to have a several winning games left on this on the slate. Uh, there's a couple games that uh, Louisville will probably not win, and one of those is going to be Saturday at Pitt, and then of course when they travel to Durham to take on Duke on February 28th. But you know, Louisville does have six remaining games. Four of them are at home. Two of them are on the road. I would encourage you that if you have not been out to the Ump Center for a home game yet, to go out there and and cheer on the team uh, with Skye's broken rib. I know how painful that can be. Uh, he's certainly day-to-day. I, I don't think he's going to be playing against Pitt, Notre Dame, or Duke perhaps maybe in March. I know um, some some people have talked about potentially him missing the rest of the season until the ACC tournament. Uh, so, some, s- simply something to keep in mind there. Uh, the opponent tonight, Boston College, of course, defeated Louisville 89-77. The Cards, Will also take on the Eagles as they fly down to Louisville on March 9th. That will be the last regular season game um, for the Cards and the Eagles. Louisville and Pitt tip off this Saturday at 6:30. Of course, you have it. Keep it locked here on 93.9 The Ville. We will have your pre-game, game, and post-game coverage. And Notre Dame it's the following Wednesday at 7 o'clock at the. Um, Louisville travels again to Durham to take on number 9 Duke. Uh, That'll be a 7 o'clock tip. Then the final three home games. And how many times uh, as a Louisville basketball fan have we been accustomed to ending the season with a loss to UVA at home? And then there you go to the ACC tournament. And then after that, before you play Virginia, you have several road games. Not the case this year. Louisville ends the season for the first time in recent memory – With three straight home games. March 2nd against Syracuse. March 5th against Virginia Tech. And then, like I said, March 9th against Boston College. And Syracuse, that was anybody's game. They had the controversial call. That really wasn't controversial because it wasn't a goaltend. Again, the defense giving up 94 points in that game was the the main driver of that loss. There, Louisville played Virginia Tech back in December. That was a um, you know a decent game there, 75-68. Louisville dropped that one, uh, and that was I believe. One of, if not the last game J.J. Trainer played before he was out uh, for the season there. So they have some beatable, beatable opponents. I think certainly Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and Boston College at home are all very beatable. Notre Dame at home is beatable. Pitt and Duke on the road, not so much. But I think if you're like most of us, you're wanting just to wrap this season up. I am glad, though. I am glad that this team is playing better especially offensively, the games aren't um, lackluster. I mean, just think back to how ugly the DePaul game was, how ugly losing to Arkansas State at home was, losing to the team up the road. You know, at least after that Virginia game, the team has played better offensively. Uh, Defensively, there's still a a lot to be desired, shall we say, for that one Uh, for Brian Meester back at the studio I'm Ethan Moore thank you guys so much for staying up late with us tonight as we broke down this Louisville loss uh, unfortunately the call the cards fall to 8 and 17 on the season 3 and 11 in ACC play the cards will look to bounce back this Saturday evening traveling up to Pitt to take on the Panthers who just had a massive win of their own right upsetting number 21 Virginia this evening keep a lock to ESPN Louisville starting at 7 30 later on this morning now that it's 12:45, 45 Diener has you covered as well I'm sure they'll be talking about this game and all the other action the week ahead thank you guys so much for listening and until next time go cards
0: tired of jumping from job to job
1: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. In this together.